The BS with Jamie and Lee. Get the podcast now on Listener. Simon Cowell called him one of the best escape acts he has ever seen and he is at the Civic Theatre tonight and tomorrow night. The incredible Cosentino joins us. G'day. Good morning. Thank you for having me. No worries at all. Thanks for joining us. Now, uh, tell us a little bit about the show, Deception. Yes, it's uh, very exciting. We've been uh, touring it all around the country and... uh, so happy to bring it to you guys. But it's, it's a combination of magic and illusion. So what is that? People appearing and disappearing and levitating and teleporting and death-defying escapes where I put myself in these positions that you probably don't really want to be in yourself, but you get to watch it from the comfort of your seat. And then uh, close-up sleight of hand magic, which is very baffling, very tricky, all projected onto screens so you can really scrutinize and analyze all of the magic. And then we mix it all with a bit of humour, lots of audience participation, and it's a, a really, you know, fun show for the entire family. We bring in all our own lighting, we strip out the theatre, we basically travel with a semi-trailer truck and a whole crew of people, and um, it's not just, you know, a guy standing there doing a couple of little card tricks, it, 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 it's a production. Yeah. Well, I mean, on, on that note, how long does it take to put together something like this with all those production elements plus the actual design of the illusions themselves? Each illusion takes about three months. Each escape takes about six months. And the show's got 12 different pieces in it. So it's literally, when you're seeing a show like that from me, it's years of work. And that's not like I'm actually down playing it. I don't want to make it sound like it takes so long to write material, but it actually takes years to perfect it. And then we only tour it for about a year, maybe two years. And then all of a sudden we're um, you know, on to the next, the next project. Yeah, uh, and it must be nice to uh, be able to get out in front of people once again now that we're sort of cooling down in the post-pandemic period as well. Yeah, it's lovely. I mean, it was really tough after the last two years. I mean, we did things online. I managed to get out to Queensland and WA and tour, but it wasn't, it wasn't the same as, you know, really, you know, things are always on and off and then postponed. And so it, it's been really challenging. And also magic lives and breathes in front of our um a live audience. I can do as much as I want online or on TV with my TV shows, but when you put it in front of a live audience, it's so potent because, for example, when you watch it online or TV, you can justify it. You can say, oh, I reckon that's set up, that's an actor. If I was there, I'd figure it out. <laughs> but when you're, when you're in the audience and your partner comes up on stage or you get pulled up on stage and I read your mind and you go, hang on, that's impossible. Or your child comes up and we do this in the show and I saw them in half. You literally see your child cut in half. Then you can't say, oh, it's set up because it's your family member or it's you. Yeah. And that makes the show so powerful. I love that sensation of seeing a really great magic and illusion act and just going, like, mm. I, my brain knows that that's not physically possible, but it looks so real. Exactly. And, and there's two schools of people. Like, there's people who just want to watch it for what it is, to spend their disbelief, like watching a great movie. Or there's other people that... What they try and do, they try and figure it out, like solve it like a puzzle. And that can be fun. It's like, it's like doing a Rubik's Cube. So both types of people are welcome and uh, you, you can enjoy it from different perspectives. And the one thing I've always wondered too, you know, watching shows like yours, is the, the amount of, I guess, skill and, and, and technical wizardry that, that gets into it. Have you ever had a situation where you're kind of midway through an illusion and it's looking like it might go off the rails and you've managed to sort of pull it back in without anybody noticing? Yeah, look, with magic, it's not like if you're if you're a singer and you hit a bad note, people might just go, oh, you know. If you're a, if you're a magician and you hit a bad note, then everyone knows how it's done. It's, it's so much more like honestly, there's so much more pressure. And also, people 
not only do they want to be fooled or baffled, I should say, they demand it. So when when something does go slightly wrong, they get disappointed for you and for, um, for themselves. So the pressure, like, honestly, I have uh, the people who work with my partner, for example, she's in musical theatre and she's done you know, West Side Story and Aladdin and she's done all these, you know, big musicals, wedding singer. And she says, when I work with you, the pressure is just so much higher and this is a seasoned musical theatre performer who's been performing since she was three. And, and look, we have ways, we have backup plans to disguise things. If an illusion goes wrong, then, yeah, it's really, really tough to recover. And you, you can lose the audience. It's worse when it goes wrong with an escape because literally you end up in the emergency room. And that's why my TV shows, I've been there, you know, um, four or five times because during the training process, things can go wrong and do. Wow, wow. The danger is high, but risk equals reward. Oh, that's exactly right. And that's why, you know, we're pushing the boundaries. We, I want to hold my breath longer. I want to go in the water deeper. I want to add more chains. I want to add more locks. I want the illusions to become more baffling, more spectacular. And with experience, I've been doing it for such a long time now. Like, we're really, like, there's no one in this country pushing it the way we're pushing it and doing it at the level we're doing it. So, and that's just from experience. And I don't say that as a conceited statement. It's, just, it's, it's, it's the way it is. Sounds absolutely amazing. Now, you're here tonight and tomorrow night at the Civic Theatre. Where can people go if they want to get a bit more info? They go to my website, cosentino.com.au. So that's C-O-S-E-N-T-I-N-O.com.au. They have all the details there. And, um, yeah, don't miss it. I mean, look, honestly, we only swing around every couple of years, every few years. So if you miss it now, you won't be able to see it again. Well, this is it. This will be the last run of deception. So um, it's had rave reviews. Check it out online. Go on social, see what people are saying. You can't hide from any of that. And people are just absolutely loving the show. So bring the family and check it out. For sure. Cosentino, the grand illusionist, bringing his deception show to the Wagga Civic Theatre tonight and tomorrow night. Thanks so much for your time this morning. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And I cannot wait to see you all at the show. Jamie and Lee on Listener. All weekdays from 6 on the Riverinas, 11.52 Triple M. The other day, absolute tragic story came out of Wagga High School uh, with the passing of young man Kyan Armstrong who um, just passed away suddenly while at school and mm. to uh, talk to us about that and a massive event that is happening uh, in his honour is his uncle Damien Armstrong. G'day Damien, how are you mate? G'day guys, thanks for having me. Mate, thanks so much for coming in. Talk to us about Fishing for Cayenne. This is such a big community event, it's gained so much momentum and it's so good to see it. Yeah, look, um, Sunday the 4th of December at uh, Lake Albert, we're going to be having a community fishing day um, in memory of Kyan. Um, one of his mates from school uh, put a hashtag on social media, um, hashtag fishing for Kyan, and things have just evolved from there. It's it's just incredible. Talk to us about the day and what you've got planned for it, because I know the community has jumped right on board about uh, getting this tier $20,000 fundraising goal. Yeah, so um, we're going to have a fishing competition slash just family fishing day on the lake. Yeah. Um, so registration for the competition will open at 8.30am at the Wagga Boat Club um, and fish through until 1.30pm and then award prizes around 2 o'clock with a raffle afterwards. And this has come about because Kyan was a pretty avid fisherman? Loved his fishing. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, Whenever he could, he'd be out there with a rod, whether it's the lake or the river. Uh, he loved Batemans Bay as well. 
Yeah. So. Oh, don't worry, most of Wagga loves Batemans oh. Bay. <laughs> See more Wagga people in Batemans Bay over Christmas time than you do in Wagga. Um, talk to us about the fundraising as well and where the money's going because there's some great causes being supported as, as well as helping out the family. Yeah, so uh, we're looking to put some money into research for brain aneurysms um, specifically uh, to help with his 1950s truck and funeral expenses, which are quite expensive. And talk to us about the truck because it was a huge passion of his. I absolutely loved it. So he'd been doing a 1950s Austin with his grandfather, Graham. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's it's sort of a little bit hard to talk about, but their goal was to get the truck completed by next year to take it to the Melbourne Truck Show. And, you know, that's a goal of ours now as a family to try and make that happen for him. Mm. Fantastic. Beautiful tribute, I think. Yeah. Yeah, For people who want to find out a bit more about the day, social's the best place to go? Social, Facebook's the best place to go. So we've got a group called uh, Fishing with Kine. Yeah. Uh, it's got all the information on there and we've got an online auction running now at the moment as well and there'll be a week two of auctions next week. Um, some really great prizes. Well, what do we got? Have we got anything that you can that we can get the inside scoop on? Well, look, from Bursons, um, yeah. the guys down there actually donated a air hockey table, so Milwaukee branded. So with the tradies, it's going to be very, very popular. With the tradies, with me, it's going to be very, very popular. (laughs) (laughs) Look very good in our foyer as well. Um, If you do want to uh, find out a bit more about that, uh, again, that social page, uh, Fishing uh, Fishing for Cayenne. For yeah, yep. outstanding. And of course, there's the GoFundMe up and about as well. There'll be raffles on the day. There's a whole stack of stuff going on. And of course, that day is Sunday, December 4. What time are we getting underway? Uh, 8.30am. Wagga Bay Club will be stationed at. Very nice. Very nice. Damon, thank you so much for coming in and for taking the time. And I uh, hope you have an amazing day for it on that uh, Sunday, December 4. And I hope you get a bit of money. And But just what, what do you need for the air hockey table to make it go? Just plug it into the PowerPoint. No, no. What do you need to to get it into the studios here? How much? How much do we uh, think we'll need for it? Well, look, I know a couple of people um, that are already talking five, six hundred dollars. So. Okay. We, we could get to a boss to spring, surely. Yeah. <laughs> the Riverinas Triple M. It's uh, Jamie and Lee with you this morning. Sunday, December 4, and check out Fishing for Kine on Facebook page well, as well. well. A little snack for your brain. A nibble of the news. Right, yeah, nibble of the news time. Let's have a look at what's going on around the world that you uh, may have missed. Yes, indeed. This one from the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, uh, earlier this week. Now, uh, just to preface this story, I need you to fill in a couple of blanks for me, Lee. Yep. What do uh, football hooligans and billy goats do with their heads? But. Yep. Right. And what's the thing that you put in a bath to stop the water running out? Uh, yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so just okay. keep those those two things in mind. Yep. A uh, a young Australian <laughs> woman uh, was stopped at the airport in United Arab Emirates for wearing a sex toy around her neck uh, that was given to her by her deceased fiance and that included his ashes. Uh, she was detained by security uh, because she was wearing the. Yep. Uh, jewelry. Let's say. Let's say jewelry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> jewelry. The necklace. Yep. Uh, which, which contains the ashes of her, her dead fiance, uh, and the, its its existence was sort of an in joke between the two of them because you know he wanted to give her a gift to remember him by and uh, something to. <laughs> this is I'm quoting from the article. It's something to remind them both of his favourite place to be. 
Far out. Uh, so she was detained for several hours at uh, by security uh, in uh, the UAE. Uh, she tried to explain what was going on there. Uh, they weren't happy with the explanation. They basically said, look, uh, you're staying in this tiny, tiny windowless room for a while, and if you try to leave the airport, you'll be arrested. I know mm. we say this usually after visiting an airport, but there is a lot to unpack here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. There is a lot. And uh, I, don't, I don't know. I think this is a podcast discussion. I don't think that this is a <laughs> podcast discussion. Look, it's, ju- it's just jewellery. It's... it's, it's Special yeah. jewellery. It's, uh, and it's uh, lovely that they had such a close relationship. Uh, very close, even yeah. posthumously. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> I'm sticking in <laughs> that area. Sure, uh, that's the verb you want to use? No. <laughs> staying, staying in the region. <laughs> staying in the region. Of course, the World Cup's on at the moment in, uh, in Qatar. Just, it is. Just near the UAE. And uh, uh, everyone's trying to find a way to pick winners. I know that... Uh, uh, Friends of ours have uh, gotten have put some bets on over various mm-hmm. ways and know not much about soccer and uh, that's sort of replicated around the world. So a TV station over in England have decided to get a psychic alpaca <laughs> to pick the results of the World Cup matches. Just the idea of a psychic alpaca. Yeah, well, like the- Lama wouldn't have done it. No. No, um, unfortunately, the psychic alpaca in its first prediction chose Iran to beat England, uh, which overnight went the other way quite badly. And uh, so that ended their football coverage of the World Cup, apparently. (laughs) What happened to that psychic octopus who was great at picking winners for stuff? Right, and that was for soccer as well. I think that was the last World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if he's still alive. Don't know. Hmm. There were well, we can you can only you can only assume that he would be. You'd see death coming a mile off, and be well, like, yeah, yeah, never going to be able to do it. Surely we've got like the one of the wombats up at Wagga Zoo's got to have a bit of psychic in him. Oh, now there's an idea. We could do a bit of w- cubic wombat poo bingo. We could do uh, which animal at Wagga Zoo is the best at tipping soccer. Oh. There we are. We, that's that's. There's a project for you today. Yeah, future segment idea. I'm gonna make an Excel spreadsheet and everything. Brand new in 22. Jamie and Lee on Listener. All weekdays from six on the Riverinas 11:52 Triple M.